Now, back to Hancock and Kelly, sponsored by Insperity, HR that makes a difference, on News Radio 1120, KMOX. Welcome back to KMOX, the greatest radio station in the world, and one of the greatest people wow. I know is Congressman Dick Gephardt. He's one of the main reasons I'm involved in politics, and he's kind enough to join us on the Quiver River Electric Guest Line. Congressman Gephardt, welcome back to KMOX. Great to be with you, Mike. It's good to be with you, sir. And uh, you have been very uh, outspoken about this new effort as it relates to no labels. No labels is a third-party effort uh, to put a third party into the uh, 2024 election. Uh, Many Americans displeased with the choices of Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Uh, What's your position on no labels, and uh, why isn't more opportunity a good thing? Well, I have to start this by saying I've always been a supporter of no labels and especially the problem solvers, which they support. It's the only place in Congress that I can see left where the right and the left Democrats and Republicans can actually work together to solve problems. The truth is there would not have been an infrastructure bill a year ago uh, without the problem solvers. They wrote the bill and they really got it passed. So. I start with that. But about five months ago, I started to see that No Labels was wanting to file a third-party, centrist, independent presidential ticket in the 2024 election in all 50 states. And my worry about that is that I think it will reelect Donald Trump. And let me tell you why I think that's a problem. If these were normal times, I would have no problem with that. These are not normal times. In 2020, we came within a whisker of having a broken election. Only because Mike Pence and six or seven state Republican electoral officials around the swing states stood up to the pressure from Donald Trump to, to push the election in his favor, even though that's what, not what the voters said, did we have a competent, trusted election by most of the American people? The person who instigated that whole effort to overturn the election and overturn our electoral process for the first time in American history is running for president again. I agree with Liz Cheney. Donald Trump should never be allowed back in the White House again. He would be a danger to continuing our democracy. So I've pulled together a bipartisan group, mainly former public officials, public servants from both parties, to try to convince no labels not to do this. No Labels says two conflicting things. First, they say they never want to do anything to reelect Donald Trump. That's good. But then out of the other side of their mouth, they say they will only file this bipartisan ticket if the two candidates of the two parties are Trump and Biden. You can't have it both ways. And what we're saying to No Labels is, Why don't you pledge today that you will not do this? 
if Donald Trump is the Republican nominee. So far, they aren't willing to do that. And that makes me really worried that they're going to go forward with this. And I personally paid for a national poll and a poll in swing states. And it indicates exactly what I said a minute ago. If it's Biden and Trump, it's close. Could be a tie. If it's Biden, Trump, and a no-labeled centrist independent candidate, Trump wins. Full stop, end of story, no more controversy. That's it. Former, so, Congre- that's- former Congressman Dick Gephardt is our guest. And, you know, in the history of the country, Congressman, <clears throat> a third party has never won the presidency. <clears throat> what makes no-labels think they would even have a chance at this thing? Well, in fairness to them, they see uh, the American people are not happy with either Biden or Trump. I, I get that. I understand it. But sometimes in life, you don't get two good choices or even one good choice. You get two bad choices in your view. But you got to make a choice. And that's kind of where we are. So they think, I think wrongly, that if they run a good campaign for a centrist ticket starting in April of next year when they have their so-called convention to pick their candidates, and God knows how they're going to pick these candidates, but they believe that they have a chance in this environment to get 270 electoral votes, which is what you need to be elected president. All of the public polling All of our polling indicates that is absolutely untrue. The last independent candidate, third-party candidate, that got one electoral vote was George Wallace in 1968. There is simply no way on this earth that a third-party ticket is going to get 270 electoral votes. Now, Let me add one more complication to think about. Let's say they put a really good ticket together. Let's say they get 50 electoral votes. That probably means that neither Trump nor Biden, if they're the candidates, gets 270 electoral votes. Guess what happens if that occurs? (laughs) The election goes to the House of Representatives under Amendment 12 to the Constitution. But each delegation in the House, state delegation, gets one vote for president. So just imagine, how is the country going to accept whoever the House picks? If 50 Americans get to elect the next president of the United States, it will be a broken election and the country will be in flames. Yeah, I mean, that uh, the, the election results going to the Congress, that hasn't happened since 1876 with the Rutherford B. Hayes-Tilden election. Let me ask you, though, Congressman, Joe Biden, it's clear by polling that a majority of Democrats would prefer to have another alternative to Joe Biden. Why do you think nobody... Uh, no credible candidate has gotten into this race. And at this point, is it too late or might 
uh, a challenge, a legitimate challenge to Joe Biden uh, be able to occur? It's a great question. Let me let me give you a, a few things here. First of all, often in our history, when we get up to a re-election of an incumbent president, we have uh, a lot of uh, upset on both sides, but even on the side of the sitting president about his candidacy for re-election. I remember back when Jimmy Carter was running for re-election in 1980, Ted Kennedy took him on. There were a lot of Democrats, believe me, who who didn't want Jimmy Carter to to run or to be the candidate. So there's precedent for, I guess what you'd call it, buyer's remorse once you get toward an election. The second thing I'd say is that Look, I've run for president twice. Mike Kelly knows that well. Yes, sir. He helped me the last time, and he was a great help. This is a free country. There's no group of elites who tells you to run or not to run. Nobody told me I could run or I couldn't run. It's an individual decision. So if there are other candidates in the Democratic Party, who want to take him on and try to be the candidate and think they would have a better chance of winning, they should do it. They can do it. Nothing is stopping them from doing it. I'm sure that a lot of them have second thoughts if they're thinking about it because it costs so much money to run for president. There's so much you have to put in place early on, and time is running out. So I understand that. The last thing I'd say is people say to me, you know, Biden's too old. He shouldn't run. And I got to tell you, if I were Joe Biden, I wouldn't be running. We're almost the same age. I'm a, a year or so older than he is. I'm in good health. But I just I would have trouble thinking I could do this job, which is the hardest job in the world. At my age, I just wouldn't want to take that risk for the country. Forget about me for the country. But I'm not Joe Biden. Joe Biden has to make that decision. He apparently has made it. Now, we'll see what happens down the road. Things can happen. We know that there could be candidates come out of the woodwork and say, hey, this is a problem and I'm going to run. And that's fine. It's a free country. I, you know, no labels has accused my group of trying to keep them off the ballot. We, we're not doing that. We would never do that. Dick, they have every right in the world to be on the ballot. Dick, we're just trying to convince them that this is a really bad idea right now. Dick, I know you have a hard stop at 945. Would you have a problem if we stepped aside for a couple of commercials and came back to you for a couple minutes? No problem. Congressman Dick Gephardt, right back with us here on KMOX after these messages. Welcome back to the Hancock and Kelly Show. We go back to the Quiver River Electric Guest Line where we go with to visit with one of my favorite people in the whole world. His name's Congressman Dick Gephardt right here from St. Louis. He's been opposing no labels. He was also the Democratic leader of the House of Representatives for uh, nearly a decade. Congressman, you look at Congress now. These people can't agree on what day it is. Is Congress broken? 
Well, it's not broken, but it's more dysfunctional than it should be. Uh, and I'd give you my main reason for it. L- look, Congress is always in disagreement. That's the nature of the beast. That's democracy. You know, we have 535 people in the room to make controversial decisions for 340 million Americans. We decided 250 years ago that we wanted that big of a group to do this. We didn't want one person in the room. I, in my service, I learned completely that democracy is always really hard. And I have a saying, democracy is always a GD mess. It has to be because of the number of people in the room who all disagree with each other on everything, just like the American people do. But in the last 10 years or so, it has become much harder for them to get to those compromises, which is the only way you solve anything. Why is that the case? Well, there's a lot of reasons. You can first look at the politicization of cable news, like, Fox and MSNBC and, you know, all that. But the real culprit, I believe, is social media. And to understand that, you've got to look at the social media platform business plan. Their business plan is to keep your attention for as many hours a day as they can. They do that because they know everything about you if you're on the platform. Fox doesn't know everything about their viewers. MSNBC doesn't know everything about their viewers. But social media knows everything about you if you're on the platform. So they use AI algorithms to boost to you 24-7 information to keep you upset, angry, and anxious. And that, I think, is a large ingredient in producing the bitter polarization that we see now among the American people. People complain to me that Congress is pretty dysfunctional. I say, yeah, it is pretty dysfunctional. But don't blame it on Congress. What's happened to the people? Congress is and must be a reflection of the American people. That's how you get elected. If the American people are bitterly divided, hate one another, then Congress will be bitterly divided. And it is. And it is. Uh, Congressman so Dick. We, we got to do something about it. Congressman Dick Gephardt is our guest. I wanted to ask you because when, when you served, we actually passed appropriations bills and, uh, and spending got done. Do you think some of the changes in Congress itself have had an impact? I'm speaking specifically of doing away with the seniority system of committee chairs and subcommittee chairs where they ruled those committees and would kick people off who were uh, being a distraction. Those reforms of Congress, I think, have have made it more difficult to get things done. And then simple things, even positive-sounding reforms like eliminating earmarks, you know, which was at one time a currency that allowed you to put the votes together to get stuff done. Have those things had an effect on the dysfunction of Congress? No question about it. Those are good things that went away and they should come back. 
Uh, you've got to give the leaders in Congress an ability to lead. Uh, I always think of the statement by the guy in South Africa, whose name is not coming to me, who was in prison for 27 years and then became president Nelson of Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela. And if you saw the movie on him, uh, there was a big controversy in, in his party about bringing back the rugby team, I think it was, that was all white, that was from the history of white rule in, in South Africa. And so he got in his car and he went over to the party meeting and he said, I hear you're trying to revolt against my decision to keep faith with the old team. And he said, you elected me to lead. Now I'm going to lead. You're not going to do this. So leaders have to have an ability. At the end of the day, they should listen to everybody and try to find a compromise. But at the end of the day, they're elected to lead. Earmarks are also a good tool. You may not remember this, but we balanced the federal budget in the 1990s, which was a Herculean task. And it was only done because we could work with Republicans and Democrats to get it done. And earmarks in those budget processes was very important. The last thing I'll tell you is that gerrymandering is part of the problem here. Gerrymandering house seats in states. And I'm a big proponent today of ranked choice voting, which you may not have heard much about, but it, it gets rid really of the primary system and it, it would allow more centrist candidates to get elected finally to the Congress in a final runoff between two or three people. Congressman, I know you've got to go, but I have one last question for you. I spent a couple of years of my life with you when you were running for president. And one of the things that was the most impressive about you is your optimism. You ended every speech by talking about how optimistic you are about America. Um, we have a president of the United States who's as unpopular as anyone's been in quite some time. We have a former president that's running that's under four federal indictments. We have a Congress that's broken. Um, uh, that, you know, we had an insurrection attempt in January 6th. Are you still optimistic about America? I absolutely am. And I'll tell you why I went door to door, as you know, and you did it with me for 28 years in South St. Louis city County and the two counties South that I also represented. I have met the American people. I ran for president twice. I've been in every state. I've met thousands and thousands of Americans. Nobody's perfect. Everybody has failures and flaws. But in the main, the vast majority of Americans are good people. They want the right things for their family, their community, their country. They have good values. That's why we had a valid election finally in 2020. It's the American people. This is of, by, and for the people. If the people want to keep this country a democracy, they will do it. And I have ultimate faith in them. 
He is the son of a milkman. He is a former alderman in the city of St. Louis. He was a member of Congress for parts of three decades. He was the Democratic leader of the House of Representatives of the United States for nearly a decade. He's a two-time presidential candidate. Uh, Congressman Dick Gephardt, it's been an honor to spend these minutes with you today, sir, on The Voice of St. Louis, and uh, I wish you good health and uh, much success as life rolls on. Thank you so much. It's been an honor to be with you, and I just hope the Cardinals start winning more games. They've been looking better lately, so I'm encouraged. We'll get them next year. Yeah, we're the Cubs this year, Congressman, (laughs) maybe next year. That's Congressman Dick Gephardt, kind enough to join us, John. He's one of the greatest people I know. I love the man. Uh, I miss him. Uh, I'm sure maybe some of you here in St. Louis miss him. Hey, Hancock and Kelly's back after this right here on KMOX.